morning. We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 133, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Number And to know that we all have that opportunity to lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. That his love will never fail us. His power will never fail us. His mercy will never fail us as long as we want to walk with him. He is there for us. What a fellowship. Think about that. In the song that we just sang, it says, what a fellowship. What a joy divine 
leaning on the everlasting arms. Think about having what it really means to have that new birth. It means having fellowship and becoming one with God. Being able to receive His Spirit. And being able to understand His Word, His work. And being able to overcome all things here upon the earth. That's the fellowship of God. You know, we think about having fellowship with someone close here upon the earth. That it might be a close friend or a close family member or whatever. And we have real close fellowship with them. And they are willing to help us do anything that we need done. They are willing to help us. They're willing to, to encourage you in all things. But that's what God does for His people. That those that have the fellowship with Him. And those that know something about the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ. That that joy and that love will last throughout eternity. I'm sure you've heard me say many times our love here for our family and our love for our friends. It's something that's wonderful. And we can cherish and we can have while we're here. But when they pass on, then that natural part is gone. That natural love there. We can have all memories and we can think about it and enjoy those things. But that natural love with them is gone. But Jesus Christ, the love that He has promised through His Father for all of us, that He would give us that new birth, that power of God, that spirit of love, and that spirit of power, and that spirit of a sound mind, is everlasting. And it will never fail. We might fail. But that love of His will never fail us if we want it. It is there and it will continue. As long as we want to abide with Him, He will abide with us. Let's keep these things in mind with each and every one of us this morning. And I hope you come out today hungering and thirsting after righteousness. I hope that you haven't just come out to just see your friends or see my family or whatever it might be, but I hope that you've been able to come out here saying, what can I learn today? And I know that the Lord has a message for us, and I know that anywhere we pick up His book and we read it, there is something there that can give us hope of eternal life. There's something there that can encourage us to just put it into the hands of Jesus Christ. And that's where I want to be with each and every one of you this morning. To encourage you to let's walk with Him. And let's be at one with Him. And let's move up. I believe I'd like to read some this morning. I've opened here to the Acts. And we'll read some there to begin with.
Let's start reading here in the 12th chapter of Acts. If we go back and we think about what took place there in the 10th and 11th chapter there, of how that, what took place there with Peter and Cornelius, and how that he was able to receive the Spirit of God he was a Gentile. But God had a new work starting here upon the earth. Jesus Christ had been here to the earth. He had given His life on that cross. He had overcome all of Satan's temptations while He was here upon the earth. He had overcome it all. And the Jews were able to receive that. But then it was time for... Man to be shown for all of men because Jesus said, I came here for the sins of the whole world. So it was time then that others might be able to see and know and understand what Jesus Christ had done for them. And God had chosen this man, Cornelius. He had a wonderful, he was praying, begging for God to show him what he needed to do and he says God said Jesus said that your prayers have come up in remembrance of you and he gave him a commandment and told him what to do and we've all heard this story so many times and read it but he followed through with what God asked him to do and then on the other side there, God had Peter just working. Working, he, God was working with Peter to show him, now Peter, this is what I want you to do. I want the word, the gospel of Jesus Christ to go into the Gentiles. I want them to be able to hear the Word. I want them to be able to have the opportunity to save their soul. And that's what each and every one of us today, He wants us to have the opportunity to know Him and to save our immortal soul through Him. And that's what He did there. Peter was obedient. He showed Him. God showed Him. He says, now what I have cleansed, don't you call common or unclean. And he was able then, he says, now you go and follow them. You go and do whatsoever these men ask you to do. And he went there. And he told them the wonderful words of life. And they accepted it. Cornelius and all his household accepted it. And became at one with God through Jesus Christ. Through believing he didn't give them a whole list of things that they had to change in their life. That Spirit would do that as they went forward. If there were things that needed to come out of their life, the Spirit of the Holy Ghost would show them and would clean them up and take these things out. But what He said in the very beginning, He had to have faith and He had to believe the words that Jesus Christ was speaking through Peter in that day. 
And I believe that God and Jesus Christ has had people speaking upon His earth all the way from then up until now, still teaching and preaching the words of the salvation and what we can do to have that. And they went on. And then there was people when he came back, Peter was questioned heavy about why he had done this. He says, his friends, his fellow teachers, his fellow Christian believers was questioning him heavy about what he had done. But Peter just rehearsed what took place. And he was able to see that Spirit of the Holy Ghost come upon him, and they were all astonished when it came upon that group of people. But Peter said, Who are we? Or was there anybody here that would, would withhold water from these people from being baptized, seeing they have been able to receive the Holy Ghost just like we have? And Peter had to go back and explain that to his fellow believers. And I know that we have to keep explaining. We have to keep teaching and preaching so that each and every one of us can stay up and about our work today. And let's start reading here now in the 12th verse. That kind of 12th chapter, that kind of goes through what took place in the 10th and the 11th. Now about this time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And I want you to think what was going on here in this day. Now here, John... He had taken, he had, or the brother of John, James, Herod, had had him arrested and he had killed him. Because he saw that these things pleased the Jews there, those self-righteous Jews. Now, these men were Jews also. I believe there that Peter was a Jew. I believe that John was a Jew. James all of these people, but there was certain there, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes, all of those that felt like that they were self-righteous in their own way, and that they had rejected Jesus Christ here upon the earth. And they were pleased to see Him put off of the earth. They were pleased to see Him crucified. That is how wicked this world can be. Being pleased in those things. And we can see people today pleased in their sins. They are perfectly willing and happy to just continue on in their sins. They are perfectly perfectly willing and happy to try to see the Word of God put off of this earth today. But it's nothing more than it was happening right at that time. We see and we look upon it today and we think how terrible. We'll look and see what was being taken place right here, right after Christ was here upon the earth, right when people should have been able to have see and know that this man was here upon the earth and look at what he taught and preached. 
But no, it made the Jews happy because he had killed James, a believer of Jesus Christ, a teacher of Jesus Christ. And now he has gone out and he's arrested Peter because Peter was one of the main ones that was going around at that time teaching and preaching the word of Jesus Christ. He saw it pleased him. He put him in jail. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quarterns of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church of God for him. The church unto God for him. There was a brother that was in need there. There was a brother that was going through some great trials and temptations, tribulations there, that he had been put into prison. Why? Because he was teaching and preaching the Word of God. And the spirit of Satan in the people there had had him arrested. And at a certain time, Herod was going to bring him out and have him executed, just as he had done James, trying to just gain favor with man. But God intervened. And God will intervene wherever is necessary for him this day. If it's necessary for Him to intervene in your life, to protect you, or whatever. And that's what He did here for Peter. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for Him. They had a, a great closeness there, I believe, for one another. And they were praying that God would intervene. Or whatever it was, could have been praying just be with Peter and to help him to go through this. Let your will be done, but whatever your will is, Lord, if it's your will that he can be saved, let it be. But not our will, but let your will be done in Peter. I believe that that's more of what they, were, they had in mind and they were praying for him. For his well-being, whatever the will of the Lord was. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. I want you to think about what was going on here. Of how they were trying to do everything that they could to keep Peter from escaping. Here was two soldiers sitting there right beside him as he was sleeping, and he was chained to them. There was other soldiers right outside the door there, keeping guard. Think about how secure that looked. But go back just a few days before that. Maybe just a month or two back before. When Christ Jesus was put to death on the cross, and now He had told His people that in three days I will raise up this body, 
And some of the people, some of the Jews had heard these things. And they went to Pilate. And they told him, said, can you give us soldiers to make the sepulcher sure so that his disciples cannot come and steal him away out of the tomb and come and say that he has risen? They were trying to intervene in the work of God in that day, just a few days before what we're reading about was about to take place. Pilate said, yes, I'll give you a watch. Go your way. And he gave him a group of soldiers. I believe it may have been about 16 soldiers to guard the tomb. You would think how secure it is. And no man came there and stole him away. But were those soldiers able to stop the work of God? Absolutely not. And I didn't matter, it doesn't matter how much people try to get up against the work of God in our day, the work of Jesus Christ, it will continue on. People went away here in these days. But the will of God and the will of Jesus Christ continued on, and His work has continued all the way along. Yes, there has been opposition to it all the way along. But His Word has prevailed, and it will continue to prevail. And Jesus Christ, even with all the soldiers there around His tomb, they became as dead men when God opened that tomb and Jesus ascended out of it. He arose victorious over death. He was resurrected back to life All of man's security could not stop God's work. And now here Peter is and he's sitting there between the soldiers. He's bound with chains. Others are right outside the door. And I want you to stop. I want you to listen carefully of what the Word of God took, how the Word of God took place and what He did here upon the earth to secure Peter's well-being. And behold... The angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison and smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. We can read on, and I wonder what was going on in Peter's mind when this took place. Peter knew, I believe he knew, that tomorrow he's going to have me put to death. And he knew that they had all this security there. And all of a sudden, he's sleeping there at night between these two things. And someone comes up, hits him in the side. An angel of the Lord came unto him, and a light shined in the the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up. The angel lifted him up, raised him up. saying, Arise, up quickly. Don't wait, don't stop to think about what you're doing. This is the work of God. Just follow what is being told to you. And his chains fell off from his hands. That would have been a marvelous thing to think about. But you know something? 
when Jesus comes into our life and he gives us that new birth and he says, now rise up. Rise up and see victory. The chains of sin falls off of our life, falls off of our spirit, that we have been in bondage to that, and then those chains of sin just fall away. Fall away to be no more. Isn't that something to think about this morning? What, how, how that took place with Peter, but that can take place with you and I today by accepting Jesus Christ, by believing on Him, and putting our faith and trust in. Peter had to put his faith and trust in what the angel was telling him at that time. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. Put your garment on. Put your shoes on. Now follow me. And that's what Christ Jesus is doing for us today. He said, be clothed with the Spirit. Be clothed with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost so that you are not, that your sins are covered. Your sins are taken away. You are clothed with that white robe that He says, I will give to you that you will be able to stand before God. Clothed and not be standing there naked with your sins exposed but you will be clothed with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And he was telling Peter, Now, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And that's what he's wanting us to do today. Cast our care, cast our hope, cast our faith upon Jesus Christ and follow Him. Not man, but follow Him. And His Word is here. And he says, I will take away that heart of stone and put you in a heart of flesh that you will be able to understand. You will be, I will write it in your heart, put it in your mind, and you'll be able to understand and follow me. And he went out and he followed him. And he wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought that he saw a vision. This was happening so much and it was so unreal to Peter. What was taking place, he was just seeing the power of God all around him taking place. Listen again, what all took place there. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and passed on through the street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. Peter was just in awe of what was happening. He says, Am I seeing a vision? But the angel said, Follow him. And Peter kept following him, and he went past one group of soldiers, and then he went past another group of soldiers, the way I look and understand that. Then he got to the great gate that was there that kept all the prisoners in, and the gate just opened up. Has that, ever, has that ever been in your life? To where you have been going through and struggling with something so hard, spiritually. You've been struggling with it. 
But you were able, if as long as you kept your eye upon Jesus, you were able to just continue on, continue on going. And eventually, it all opened up and you went through the gate. And it was all, you saw victory over that. Victory over that temptation or that trial, whatever it might have been. You saw victory over it. That's what Peter was able to see here. He now had victory over Herod and over Satan that was trying to kill him, trying to take him off of this earth. But now he had victory because he was obedient to the angel. He followed him. He was not afraid to follow the angel. We shouldn't be afraid to follow the Spirit today. But put our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Peter knew a little bit about something, I believe, of what was going on, and he understood what the righteous was doing in that day and maybe where they were gathering. He knew that at certain times they were in, in people's houses praying and talking and learning about what Christ would have to be done. And he had, I don't know if he had had any visitors while he was in prison or not. But I believe if he didn't, the angel and the Spirit, he says, and when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary. When he considered, what must I do now, Lord? I believe that's what was taking place in his mind. He had been brought out. And he knew that God did this for me. Jesus Christ did it. And now, what do I need to do? And I believe there, he was considering the things, he was praying, he was asking, show me what I need to do now, Lord. And he told him, and he sent him. He was, it came to his mind to go to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. Wonder what, and just think about, see the things, visualize what was going on there. Peter going up there, it was night, he was probably going through, maybe trying to stay away from any of the Roman soldiers that might have been out patrolling the streets that night. He went out to the house there that Mary lived in. And they had a gate there. Somehow maybe the fence, the yard fenced in and there was a gate. And Peter couldn't just walk in. It was secured. But he began to knock on that gate. And a young lady 
comes to the gate and probably asks something, well, who is this? Who is it out there that's knocking? Peter asked her, told him, told her maybe, that it is me, it's Peter. And she became so excited. And she knew, I believe, it's something about what Peter's condition was. That he was in prison. He was to be killed the next day. And it excited her so much that instead of opening the gate and letting him in, she turns and goes back to bring the wonderful news to the other people there. The wonderful news. And, they, and she stood and ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. And they said, It is his angel. You know, I, I think about this and I see it. wonder why they didn't just all of a sudden somebody run out there and say, I'm going to go see what's took place. I'm going to see. But they stood there and kind of arguing among themselves. This girl constantly and continually telling and affirming them. And they said, you're mad. He's not out there. Now I want to tell you something. How many of us in here have heard the word of Jesus Christ? How many of us have heard it over and over and over? And not truly believed. Not gone and, just, and accepted it. And not gone and saw that this is the Word. I'm going to accept it now. There would be no difference in what was going on there. We hear the Word. We hear how it is so important for us to be there. And it was important for Peter to get off the street. And to come into that house. To safety. But the people there, not accepting what was right there before them. Someone telling them the truth and not accepting it. There's people all over the world that has heard the truths of Jesus Christ and not accept it. We look at it and we say, why did they not do this? But Peter continued knocking. He didn't stop. He continued knocking to get their attention. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Think about that. And when we finally open the door to Jesus Christ and see the power, see His Spirit, and feel and know what it has done for us, it can be astonishing to us also just as these people were astonished that here is Peter. How has this happened? The same way we can receive that Spirit. And it is astonishing what it can do for us from that point on. And what it is the free gift from Jesus Christ, God the Father. Jesus Christ paid for it with His life, so that you might be able to have that free gift. 
He says, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And let's keep that in mind, friends. Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with his hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go, show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Peter didn't just linger there because he felt like that they would, the, that Herod would send out the, the soldiers in the next morning there to try to find him. And they probably knew and understood where this group of Christian people were. But what did he do? He beckoned to them. He told them what God had done. He told them what the Lord had done in them, in him just as he had to tell all about in that 11th chapter, had to tell what God had done in him when he went down there to see Cornelius. And here, God had done another miracle, another marvelous work in Peter's life. And he was then explaining to his people what had took place. And he said, Go show these things to James and to the brethren, so that they can believe and understand and know what God has done for me, so that they will be encouraged. You know, think about it, that would have been a very discouraging time for the disciples, the apostles of Jesus Christ. That it wasn't long before that Christ had been crucified. It had been just a few days back there that Stephen had been stoned. It had been just a few days there to where James had been put to death. And here, there was all manner of persecutions going on. And he says, now go tell James and the other brothers of what God has done for me so that they will be encouraged. And that's what I want every one of you to do today. I want you to be encouraged about what God has done for us, what God has done for me, what He's done for others, and what He will do for you if we'll just follow Him and put our faith there. That's what He's talking about. And as soon as it was day, there was no stall stir among the soldiers. What was become of Peter? You know, that would have been something to see. Here are these soldiers, Peter sitting there between them, chained to them, more and more outside garden, and no Peter around. That would have been... They were extremely troubled I'm sure they were troubled for several reasons because they knew that now instead of Peter being put to death they would probably receive that death penalty because if a, if a guard lost a prisoner in that day if he was asleep and the prisoner escaped in those times they were put to death if you remember go back to that Christ time again of how that the soldiers came and told them what took place there, the authorities. 
But the authorities told them, he says, look, <clears throat> you go and tell that while you slept, they came and stole his body away. And he says, we will take care of you with the authorities and we'll give you a great sum of money if you will go tell that. And we will take care of the authorities so that you will not be put to death. But these men here, this was a serious, serious situation with them. Now, as soon as it was day, there was no small stir. Think about what was going on and all these people going on. You wake up in the morning and there Peter's not there. How did he get out of here? All of these soldiers. And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. The work of God freed Peter. But these pagan and unbelieving people were put to death and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and there abode. Herod was wroth. He was an arrogant person. He was a wicked man. He felt like that he had all the power and he could do all that he wanted to do. I'll take this person's life or I'll take this one. I'll spare him. I will command what is done and that's what will happen. My wishes will be done. That's where Herod was. And he went down then into Judea, to Caesarea, and there he abode. Think about how this man had seen there that there was a power greater than him. Right there, he saw this happen and did not accept Jesus Christ. Think about what took place. If he had just said, wait a minute, something miraculous is done. Let me look into this. He asked the keepers, he asked the soldiers, and I imagine they told him, we don't know. He was here. He was chained. But we don't know. And if he had just thought a little bit, he'd said this would have had to have been an act of God. I am trying to destroy one of God's men. It had to be an act of His. Because I believe that Herod knew something about also about Jesus being resurrected out of the tomb. I believe he knew that story. And here this taking place. But what did he do? He went off down to another country. Another place. And he dwelt there. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. Highly displeased with this group of people there. Probably felt like they were not doing as he wanted them to do. But they came with one accord to him. And having made blasted the king's chamberman their friend. Desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. The people there at Tyre and Sidon. 
they came and tried to make up. They became friends with one of the king's main men to try to get the favor of man. We can look around throughout the world today and see what all man will do just to be able to have the favor of man. What should we be doing to have the favor of Jesus Christ? We can have all the favor of all mankind. What is that going to do when we stand before God? Is we going to be able to sit there and drop some name that I'm a friend of so-and-so over here, I'm a friend of this man? Do you think God's going to pay any attention or Jesus going to pay any attention to that at all? We need to be in favor and doing everything we can to stay in favor with Jesus Christ. And that's by putting our faith and trust in Him and believing upon Him. And we can stay in favor with Him by the power of the Spirit of God in you when you receive that new birth. And upon a certain day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne, and made an oration unto them. Here Herod comes out in his royal apparel, dressed to the finest, with all of these low-class people that he was highly displeased with there. And Herod comes out, and he makes this great and wonderful speech to these people. You ever seen anything like that or ever heard of those kind of things taking place here in our day? Of how some person that's high in authority might get up and have some wonderful speech that he might speak to the people in their favor so that they might have favor in him and that he might tell them things that would make them have favor in him. And I believe that's what Herod was doing there. Making a great oration to these people. Of how great he was and what all he was going to do for them. If they would just be his servants. And that's what Satan will do to you today tell you all about how great and what you're going to do and what He can do in your life if you will just serve Him. Look what He did to Jesus Christ when Jesus came out of the, the wilderness there. He told Him, He says, He took Him up to that high mountain, that high hill, and He set Him upon it so He could see all the kingdoms of the earth. And he said, you see all these kingdoms. He said, if you will just fall down and worship me, I'll give you all of these kingdoms. And that's how he was tempting our Lord and Savior. Do you think that he's not going to be there tempting us? But what are we talking about so often? He says, draw near to me is what God says. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. He says, resist Satan, and he has to flee. Jesus Christ resisted him, and it says that he departed from him for a season. 
and He will do the same to us. He has to depart, but He is there trying to tell and all about and to get you to see His side of things and to worship Him. And He says, I'll give to you the world. Well, what did we talk about last Sunday? The ways of man seem right, but they lead to destruction. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that gift's available to us today, friends. And that's what He's asking for us. And that's what the disciples were telling there in that day. But look what Herod just ignored it. And the other people, they were ignoring what took place. And the people gave a shout saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. They wanted to really build Herod up. It's the voice of a God. It's not a man. Can you see things like that? How that people today will worship a man more than worshiping God. And worship the things of this world more than the things of God. And they gave a shout saying, it is the voice of a God and not of a man. Think about how Herod now, how he was being built up so, and in his mind, he was becoming, I am a God. These people think that of me. When he should have been looking upon how weak and frail, how undone that I am. And that's the way every one of us are. I am undone without the Spirit of God. But with the Spirit of God, I can do all things. That's His words. That's His promises. It's not anything I can boast about. It's just His free gift. And we can accept it and we can have it. And we can see victory. And I'm, I fully intend to see that victory. And immediately, the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory and he was eaten with worms and gave up the ghost. Listen, here he was in all of his finery, all of his glory that he was just gloating in. But it was just the glory of man. It was the honor of man. And what will take place with any of that? Nothing. It will not do anything for us spiritually. It will harm us. And the angel of the Lord then smote him. Here was the man that was trying to have Peter killed, to get him off the earth. Just a few days after that, and after that God had brought Peter out of that condition, and now Herod's life is gone. We don't know when our time will come, friends. It could be any day with any one of us. If you hear His Word, 
Don't harden your heart as in the day of provocation. If you hear His Word, accept Him. And let's move on. That is why He came here. That's why He died. But He gave up the ghost. He gave up the spirit of life. The natural life. He gave that up. That's all that He had. And it was taken away from Him. And then the opportunity of that spiritual life he had never used. Even though he was right around, the work of Jesus Christ was being done all around him. And he did not accept it. The work of Jesus Christ can be working all around any one of us. And we ignore it. Or it can be working all around us just like it was with Cornelius. And, it, and we accept it and we receive that new birth. And we see victory. In that there's two different things there that took place. Just a short period, just a short little time between them. How Cornelius and all these people received the word by hearing from Peter. And hear how Herod lost it all by not hearing the Word, by not accepting it, by not looking into what was going on right around him. It's going on right around us, friends. You can accept it, you can believe it, and you can see victory. Or you can continue right on rejecting it just as Herod did. And lose out. And be able then not be able to stand with confidence when we stand before God. But to be cast into outer darkness, to be cast into that lake of fire. And these are words that's written in this book to encourage us to look to Jesus so that we can all enter into that new heaven, that new world, that wonderful place of eternal life. But the Word of God grew and multiplied. Don't you just think about all that Herod and all of these Jews that was so bent on destroying the Word. After all that they were doing, the Word of God grew and was multiplied. And Herod's life ended. There was nothing else he could do here on the earth. And he had no opportunity to change his spiritual part. 
And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Paul and Barnabas had been going around teaching, preaching. They had returned there to Jerusalem for a short period of time there. To see and to fellowship with some of the disciples. But then there was a time that they felt like it was ready, they needed to move out again and to go and minister to other people teaching the Word of Jesus Christ. And they took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Remember we just read, that was Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, the house that Peter went to. And here... Saul, who later was called Paul and Barnabas, was taking this young man with them to go to preach and teach the Word. And you know, as you go on and you can read on through, something happened with John Mark's faith. And he felt like that he could not go on in the work with them. And he went back to his home. But I believe that he was able to get out of those things. I believe that this is the same Mark that wrote the, the, uh, the Gospel of Mark. And I believe that there's other times there that you can see that Paul, was, Paul accepted him as being a brother in the work. But he made a mistake there. But I believe he was able to work out of those things. And I know today that God is there with a reached out hand to each and every one of us. Whoever you might be, if you feel like you are down, you have made a mistake. Just take it to Jesus Christ and let Him lift you up and let Him build you up that you might see victory in Him. I want to turn over here and read just a, a little bit here in Matthew that kind of falls into some of the things here that are people not accepting Him. Let's start reading. This is in the seventh chapter. In the Sermon on the Mount, there's three chapters there. It's a wonderful and beautiful message when we read those. <clears throat> I want to start reading there at the 13th verse. He says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Listen to that. These are words of Jesus Christ. He says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, and then he stops. 
And he's telling the righteous. He's telling those that accept him. He says, now, I want you to believe my word. I want you to accept these words. And I want you to enter into that straight gate. And then he told on, he goes on and he tells what has taken place and what will take place with a lot of the people here upon the earth. He says, for wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. Now he's talking about spiritual destruction. He says that is wide. And there's many that get on that road. I had a friend tell me recently. He said, you know, the older I get and the more I walk in this work... He says, I see that road being narrower and narrower. You know, we can look upon it and we can say, I'm a Christian and I can walk in it however and I can be on that broad road. And that's what he was talking about. The way of man seems right. And it will lead you down that broad road to destruction. But the way of Jesus Christ, he says that leads to destruction. And he says, many there be which go in thereat. At that wide gate. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Peter found it. Cornelius found it. The people that were there with him, they found it. Paul found it on the way down to Damascus. Even though he was on his way down there to kill and to put in prison. To arrest these people. But he found that straight path. And he continued on it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. That's a serious thing to think about. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. He says, by their fruits you shall know them. But listen, he says that up there in that 15th verse, he says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. False prophets coming in the name of Jesus Christ is what he's saying. And look around throughout the world today, people preaching abomination in the name of Jesus Christ. And we can see and know these things. And this is what he's telling. He says, don't you be deceived by that. He says, beware of these things. And he's warned us about it. We can never compromise with wrong. Doesn't matter how close or how much these people may look like that they are a part of the Christian, true Christians, he says, they will come to you in sheep's clothing looking like that they are a part of the fold. Be careful. Be careful. Be aware of false prophets. 
You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth good, evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Just, you know, if, you, if that good tree, and he's talking about those that has the, that new birth, those that has the Spirit of God dwelling in this tabernacle that we have, he says it will bring forth good fruit. It, it won't bring forth evil fruit. But he also says there, neither can that corrupt tree, that, that human being that has that corrupt spirit, the spirit of Satan, he says it cannot bring forth good fruit. Good works cannot bring it forth. Every tree that bringeth forth good fruit is not every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And that's at that final day. Every tree, every human being that does not bring forth good fruits, and I'm going to tell you where those good fruits come from. It comes from strictly the fruits of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. I made a statement here last week that I worked. I said that your good works, your righteous works in yourselves is nothing but filthy rags to God. And any work, that, what I'm meaning by that is by any work that you and I are trying to say is righteous of what we're doing, just like these scribes and Pharisees and the Jews felt like they were doing righteous works, but it was nothing more but filthy rags before God. Paul's, all the work that he did before he received that, that spirit down there on the road as he was going to Damascus when he received that a day or two later. All those works that he thought was good was nothing but filthy rags in the sight of God. We have the but with God, all of those works that is done is good works if it's His Spirit doing it within us. If it's our, our works and our Spirit, it will not save us. And there is no difference in, in what I look upon as a good work in me as, as a vile sinner out there if it's not the work of the, sin, of the Son of God in me. There is no difference in it. I am lost. Even though my works may look to mankind, it might look like, well, you know, you're doing pretty good work here upon the earth. But if it's not coming by the Spirit of God and I haven't had that new birth, I am just as lost as the vile sinner out there that is murdering, adulterous, thief, whatever it might be. There is no difference. And I want us to understand those things that every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. And how can we bring those good fruits? By the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And that's all. No other way but that way. Not everyone 
Wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Listen. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He that does the will of my Father. I can go out here and proclaim, yes sir, I believe in Jesus Christ. But then I go out and I live a sinful life. Am I proclaiming, am I doing the will of God? Is it the will of God in me to live in sin? God forbid, the Scripture says. Grace cannot abound and cover that if I am out here just will, willfully sinning. Everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter. <clears throat> Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And the only way that that can be done is with that new birth. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? That's what the Jews that crucified the Lord would be saying. That's what other people here upon the earth today, and it can be right here with us. Saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? Have we not believed upon you? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? Now this was, listen to what he's saying. These people truly thought that they were walking. And in thy name done many wonderful works. But listen to what Jesus said. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That is strong language, my friend. But let's go back. We can be a part. And we can hear His Word. Enter you in at the straight gate. That's where we need to be doing. That's what we need to be looking for. Because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way. Because following Him, we've got to get the world out of our life. We've got to get the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, all of those things out of us. Because the straight is the, straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. But that does not discourage me and it should not discourage any of us. Jesus was speaking these words to warn people so that they would hear His Word and then we could walk closer to Him and we could see and know Satan's deceitful way and beware of what he is trying to do for us. And he goes on, and you can read the rest. We've gone over it so many times in the past. How that those that hear his word and does them, their house will stand. But those that hear his word and does not do them, their house will fall. 
We've got that opportunity today, my friend. And we can be at one. And we can know Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, everyone, to look to Him. He is there. And He says, if we will ask, I will give it to you. And He says, how much greater will my Father give you the gifts than you that are evil. Look what you will do and how you will give gifts to the people you love. He says, how much greater will my Father give to you, His children? And He's there for us. And He is offering that great power of God that we might do, as we read last week, overcome. And he says, he that overcomes as I overcame. Remember that. Jesus Christ went through everything that you and I could possibly go through here upon the earth. And he overcame it by the Spirit of God within him. And he says, now, I will give to you. I'll point these things out to you. I'll point your mistakes and, and out to you. And I'll give you that new spirit. I'll give you that power to overcome. And if you will use it and overcome, as I did while I was here, I will give to you that white robe that you might be able to have eternal life. That's a promise from Jesus Christ. It's a promise from God. And I know we can have it. Be encouraged. And let's put our faith and trust in Jesus. Not in man. Not in the knowledge that man might feel like he has. But put it in the Word and in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll sing number 274. And there may be someone that might would like to make that commitment public and you can come forward as we sing number 274 
to all remember that. That we have no other friend anywhere close to like him. There's no friend as great as he is to us. Was there a gift like the Savior given? That was a gift of God that we just talked about that was given to us that we might have eternal life. Will He refuse us a home in heaven? All of those that truly desire Him and all that truly goes to Him, He will not refuse if we truly desire that. Above all other things, He will not refuse. Jesus knows all about your struggles. He knows all about your life. He is our friend. Let us remember that and be encouraged in Him. Let us pray. To God the Father, we thank You for Your wonderful words of life that we are able to talk about. We're able to read how others, Your servants here upon the earth, how they live their life and how they put their faith and trust in You and what You did for them. And how we can be encouraged that You are the same God today and You can do whatever is necessary for us. God, we ask You to be with the people of this church and all others, whoever they may be, wherever they might be, that has a desire for Your Spirit Help them to be able to come to a full knowledge and understanding of your work and accept Jesus Christ. God, show us what you'd have for us to do and how we can be a part of encouraging others in your word. Be with us in the upcoming days that your will be done in us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.